Holy shit, Damian Lillard. Hello everybody, welcome to Asa Rusty Buckets. Subscribe to the channel and drop a like on the video. Check it out on audio platforms, you know the drill. I have to talk about two important games today, and that would be Blazers Nuggets and, of course, Lakers Suns Game 3. I will also briefly talk about the second half of Net Celtics because I, uh, I only watched that part. Uh, but I do have to say, just right out of the gate, holy shit, Damian Lillard. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this game more though. I just I just had to get that out of my system because literally the buzzards like just went off when I'm recording this, so it's still there. Uh, so going to jump into Celtics versus Nets. I joined in this game in the second half simply because uh, it was a close enough game, and I was like, okay, we'll see where this goes. Uh, of course, the Nets still win, so they're going to be moving on to the second round, and Bucks Nets is officially happening. Not that after the Bucks went up 2-0 that it seemed like anything else would be the the case, but uh, that is how it went. Um, so this game really, Jason Tatum in the first half when I looked at his box score, uh, was not playing particularly well, was missing a lot of shots, and in the second half his shots were dropping. Uh, just looking at the box score, I'd presume like the first half scoring contributions really came from like Jabari Parker and uh, Romeo Langford played good, uh, but for the most part it was like just the the rest of the players on the team keeping their head above water while Tatum struggled a little bit. But second half he was good. However, the Nets just the better team and that ended up really being the result like that's that's the extent of my analysis from this game the nets were the better team and that's why they won plain and simple uh i will say one thing in particular set out this game and that was that kevin durant late in the game was just taking multiple contested shots but they weren't contested because he's Kevin Durant. Like he took a mid-range shot over Marcus Smart that it was like he he did like five jab steps. It was like free throw line range and just just shot it over him. And it was like it didn't even matter that Marcus tried. And that's Marcus Smart. That's nothing to shake a stick at defensive wise. So that's I don't know what shake a stick at actually means and why why that's an expression. But yeah. Uh, so now let me talk about actually let's save Blazers Nuggets for last because Lakers and Suns is a little less interesting. Uh, but it is a big deal that this game happened. So. As I'm talking to you, the Lakers are down by 32 with seven minutes remaining. Um, and this lead was something that was pretty much established in the first quarter and only grew in the second. And then kind of that difference ended up remaining the same from there. But how the Suns got this lead, and some Lakers fans will maybe tell you differently because they were bitching about the foul calling, even though no amount of biased foul calling could result in this game. Um, the Suns just came out firing. They knew that the Lakers were in a weak position, so they were like, take them out while they're down. Like, kick them while they're down. Go for the head while they're stumbling, or whatever fucking metaphor I'm trying to think of right now. Go for the kill when your opponent is at their weakest, because that's when it's the easiest. And they went for the kill immediately. Devin Booker started off this game, hit a bunch of shots in a row. Uh, the Lakers, on the other hand, really didn't. Once again, uh, LeBron a little bit more passive than I would like. Now, he did shoot 19 shots, but 10 of them were threes. Now, he heated up from three and hit a good amount of them, but that was already late in the game, and the Suns weren't even really trying that much defensively at that point. And, uh, it like, the fact that he only took nine shots, not from three and i think he took a couple of mid-range shots like just attack the basket now i will say 
It's not as though the Suns did not put up any, you know, defensive pressure on him to do otherwise. But there are multiple possessions where there's especially one I think of where he passed it to uh, Taylor Horn Tucker, who drove in and got a bullshit foul call. Uh, ironically, based on the stuff I saw from Lakers fans on Twitter, but uh, he got that foul call. But on the possession, like LeBron was facing Devin Booker, and no one else was like immediately in front of him. It's like, why don't you just? at least force the defense to like respond to your drive. Now, at the end of the day, like there's a lot of conversation about uh, LeBron's legacy going into this game, which is just a stupid thing fans are doing at this point because we're talking about a 36-year-old who is already at bare minimum the second best player of all time. Um, this game is not going to change his legacy in any way other than positively. Uh, this was a position where LeBron is once again has his back against the wall and he didn't play as great as he has in many of those instances, but at the same time, his legacy was not on the line like against Boston in 2012 or um, what's one I'm thinking of uh, against uh san antonio in 2013 i guess um there's other examples there i'm sure um but this was not one of those instances and i found that conversation a tad ridiculous um but with this situation being what it is oh fuck i also have to mention chris paul's injury um he hit the shoulder and it looked worse than in game one uh he did play for a little bit after or at least shot free throws uh, looked like he was going to cry during that, which was not an encouraging sign. Um, but he did, he hit his shoulder on uh, fucking Wesley Matthews was trying to box him out and he, he didn't do anything intentionally. And there was like a, a potential flagrant that was going to be happening, but it didn't. It was just, I believe just a called a common foul. Uh, but it, it knocked Chris Paul down and he was in some serious pain pretty much immediately. So, uh, I doubt he's going to play game six, or if he does, it's going to be back to game one, game two, game three, Chris Paul, and that's not what game four Chris Paul was, so that's a bit of a concern, but at the same time, the way that this team played, the way Cameron Payne played amazing off of the bench, as he's continued to do, uh, the way that Devin Booker just went through the th went for the throat in this game, uh, they they had no answer for him today. And it wasn't necessarily from bad defense. He was just starting to make difficult shots, like one possession in particular. This is some psycho shit. I think it was Alex Caruso on him. He was on a fucking fast break. And he took a step back three. His foot was on the line, but he was trying to get a step back three. But a step back three on the fast break when you're up 30 is psychotic like that's actually you are just an evil person for even trying that let alone making it which he did so yeah that's just just insanity from Devin Booker uh, and he just absolutely went for the throat in this game was relentless uh, in his scoring and had a great game as a result uh, Bridges had his best game of the series probably which is kind of sad because it's just 13 points but it is what it is Jay Crowder hit a step back three uh, yeah Cameron Payne was great off the bench uh, the, the Suns got this initial lead and then for a certain stretch it just kind of became both teams are equally matched at this point like the Lakers eventually got into some level of competency and the Suns calmed down and it just became like, yeah, we're just waiting for this game to end, basically. And I still am because there's still four fucking minutes left in the game. I don't know if the camera can even see that, but I'm, I'm showing you. Uh, but yeah, Andre Drummond had a lot of stupid possessions in this game. Not that that's anything new. Uh, DeAndre Ayton 
Now, I shot the ball three times, but it didn't really need to. So there is that. Uh, this game, though, just Suns dominated. And going into game six, there's probably not going to be AD. Or if there is, it's not going to be the best version of AD. Though that definitely puts pressure on the defense regardless if it's the best version or not. And there might not be a Chris Paul in game six. And especially if LeBron maybe is more amped up for this one, which he, which he should have been for game five. But, you know, hindsight's a bitch. Uh, or not hindsight's a bitch. That's not... I don't know. Uh, regardless... Uh, if he goes in just fully in attack mode, which he should have done this game, but he didn't, and AD is like 70% of what he is, and Chris Paul doesn't play, and their defense on Devin Booker is more effective, and they stop fucking playing Andre Drummond, um, that'll make a difference, for sure. Uh, don't know if it actually is going to be enough to win the game, but it's it's a pretty fucking pivotal game, because after the buzzer sounds here, going to be down 3-2, and that is certainly an interesting circumstance. Um, but let's talk about the best game of the day, and that was Nuggets versus Blazers that went to a double overtime. Uh, and I opened this video talking about Dame, and that's because he's the guy who stands out the most because he just fell two points shy of tying Donovan Mitchell's third place for singular points in a playoff game. Uh, Michael Jordan obviously has 63 versus the Celtics. I believe Elgin Baylor is second. But I, I haven't. I think the literally the last time I saw that was when Donovan Mitchell had 57 versus the Nuggets. Ironically, or was it the Nuggets? Yeah, it was the Nuggets because that was the first round matchup. Um, regardless, uh, 55 points, 10 assists, 17 for 24 from the field, which is 71 percent for the mathematicians out there. 12 for 17 from three, which is once again 71 percent. Nine for 10 from the line, uh, 10 assists, one turnover. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Like, that is just unbelievable. And many, I think all three of those 12 three-pointers in particular were incredibly clutch. Of course, he hit the one to send it into overtime, but he hit two threes in a 30-second span before that to get the game as close as it was. Uh, the Nuggets actually started off this game getting like, I think it got up to 20 points, that lead. Uh, but uh, gradually, um, the Blazers got back into it in the second quarter, and I don't know if it got tied by the second quarter because I had to miss like the last minute because I was taking a shower. But uh, it, they were clearly chipping away at the lead, and the Nuggets offense was kind of stagnating, which is weird because the Nuggets offense doesn't really stagnate because they have a system where players are moving constantly and Jokic is able to find those players, but the shots they were getting uh, were not were not great, or, or at least they were not to the Nuggets standard of consistently getting great shots. Um, but in the overtimes, it kind of it kind of was that again. Like they gradually got more on top of it in like the third and fourth quarters as the game got closer. But in overtime, Jokic didn't look the best. Now he finishes this game with 38, 11, and 9. At four blocks as well, which is pretty damn good for him. Uh but there were a couple post-ups against Ennis Cantor of all people, one against Carmelo Anthony, where it was like, Jokic, dude, like you can you can get a better shot than that. There's a fadeaway against Ennis as well as a fadeaway against Melo where I was like, okay, you can do something better than this against Ennis fucking Cantor and you are strong enough to overpower Carmelo Anthony. Why are you taking a fadeaway right now? Now, I could... There's a, there's a case to be made, especially because that second shot came in double OT. Like, a tiredness argument. Like, I can tell you firsthand, I play basketball posting up because I can't dribble worth shit. 
And posting up is very fucking tiring. And if you've done it the entire game, going into a double overtime, and you have the stamina of Nikola Jokic, maybe you're more inclined to take a less effort and tiresome shot that is pushing someone into the basket and then laying it up instead of fadeaway, which, you know, you have to get the shot up, but it's not as much effort. Uh, multiple times in my life playing basketball, I have posted up and gradually I went from hook shots to fadeaways because I didn't have the energy to just shove someone out of the way for like a minute straight. Uh, not a minute, that's an exaggeration, but that's what it feels like. Uh, so I guess give him a bit of a pass there and obviously he had a great game overall, but couple of possessions where I was like, yo, get you a little bit better than this. There was one possession late, though, that ended up being a Michael Porter Jr. 3 that uh, I could tell that the Nuggets were about to score because uh, I think there was there were two people on both Gordon. I, I don't know who it was, but Robert Covington was trying to cover MPJ, but also Aaron Gordon was cutting and his defender was late on the rotation. I think it might have been Carmelo Anthony, um, but that but Gordon was cutting in so Robert Covington had to step in just to put pressure on the pass if it was coming through but that gave MPJ enough space in the corner Jokic throws a cross-court pass uh really there was an attempt by Covington to tip the pass which is admirable like he jumped so high and put his hand up in a way that he literally fell over trying to when he when he was coming back down from trying to jump that high uh but he probably should have just ran to the corner and contested MPJ because he got a wide open three that swished it. And that's kind of what gave the Nuggets their lead and what ended up winning them that game. Uh, also, CJ stepped out of bounds. That wasn't a good play, to say the least. Uh, I also have to just give a couple of shout outs to both Michael Porter Jr. as well as uh, Mate Morris. Mate was the guy taking all the clutch free throws for the Nuggets. Now, I will say... Uh, of his 11 attempts, he made 10 of them, which is fantastic, 91%. But the one that he missed was the three to seal the game and prevent it from going into overtime. Oh, I forgot to mention Dame set the three-point record. Yeah, he had, he had 12 threes, which is the three-point record uh, for the playoffs, that is. So that's a big deal. Uh, but Morris, he had a good game shooting from three. Had a couple of not great takes to the basket, but for the most part, that was fine. A couple of pull-up jump shots of those types of things. Austin Rivers also played well, uh, although his attempt to win the game was like maybe, I don't know, there's five seconds left, so I won't be too critical. Uh, and uh, Michael Porter Jr., I think like on three different possessions, he hit a very difficult fadeaway mid-range jump shot like towards the end of the buzzer, um, and that was those were all big shots. And that's in terms of Michael's like actual self-creation, that's one way that he can do it is that he just is a very good shooter. He is very tall. He has good looks in terms of like his fadeaway and getting space and shit like that. And he had a smaller defender on him every time. So that's a way he can get offense for himself without it being set up for him on a silver platter. Uh, so I don't know. I thought that was worth noting. But this game was just Dame is ridiculous. But also, I think I'm right to have believed in the Nuggets and also... Dame supporting cast, a little fucking questionable. CJ absolutely sold. Uh, Norman Powell had a rough game. Robert Covington played really well. Um, Nurkic fucking fouled out again in 24 minutes. He has 20... By the way, this is the third time in this series. Five-game series, three out of five. He has 25 fouls in five games. This man is averaging five fouls 
a game in the playoffs. The fuck? And he's not been great offensively either. This is probably one of his best games, even though he missed a couple of layups, I think. But, like, fuck. This guy, he he has not been the same since coming back from injury once again. He's come back from injury multiple times at this point. But this time around, Nurkic has just not been the same. Offensively, not bringing what he's been able to do. Defensively, lots of fouling. A lot of being too slow to recover on things and just being out of position so that's not good. Uh, it sucks because injury, I think, is the reason why. But it's it's been a huge negative on the Blazer side of things. Uh, but yeah, I think that's everything that needed to be covered from this game. Lakers are probably screwed. Dame is ridiculous. But also, I think I was about to wind up to say, uh, I was right to believe in this Nuggets team. Uh, and they, by the way, this is without Will Barton. Of course, obviously, no Jamal Murray. We all need that. But Will Barton is, uh, if I had to look at the starting lineup, he is probably the third... No, it's fourth. Is he better than Aaron Gordon? Probably not. It's probably close. He's tied for third, maybe fourth, but like he's much better than Capazzo and much better than Austin Rivers, and he contributes a lot, and he's supposed to come back soon, so there's that. Uh, but I was right to believe in this Nuggets team because I said they can go to the conference finals. In fact, I believe... The next round matchup would be either the either the Jazz or the Grizzlies, though I could be wrong about that. Uh, I am prone to be wrong. I uh, don't know if you've ever noticed that. Uh, no, that is Lakers or Suns. Okay, that is interesting. Yeah, so I was wrong about that. Um, but I think they could beat either of those teams, honestly. I know that's bold, but I do believe that because... I just believe in this team. And like the fact that Dame has 55, even though his teammates did not show up in the extent that you would like them to, the fact that Dame has 55 and you still win that game, that speaks a lot to the quality of this team. I've been talking for too fucking long. So yeah, that's it. Check this out on audio platforms if that is something that interests you. If you prefer to get these in like a podcast style, tomorrow's games are going to be... Uh, well, tomorrow's games that I'm going to watch, that is. I'm going to watch Hawks, Knicks, and I'm going to watch Mavericks, Clippers. Hey, the 1-8 matchups just don't interest me much. Uh, I'll check in on either of them if they're close, but otherwise, not much interest. So, yeah, that's it. Goodbye.